all fired up. Y'all better just wise up. Everybody getting sized up. Before we all rise up, start running your times up. Cause when my crew ride up, the sky gon' light up. Everybody get fired up. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fired Up Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Reba, and we're excited to have a guest in the studio today, Keith Parrish. So let's talk a little bit about the format here. Fired Up is a podcast where we're going to learn from entrepreneurs, day in the life, real stories, and uh, that's what we do at Reignite. Reignite is about ignite your journey and fuel your fire, and this is a program for entrepreneurs trying to grow their business and scale and go through all of the breakpoints that typically challenge us as business leaders. And so we want to learn from the experiences of, of real business owners that are living this every day and figure out you know what worked and what didn't and what we can learn from and apply. So I'm really excited to talk to you, Keith. Uh, you and I have worked together on some different projects and I think um, have a good history together and I just really watched your business thrive and grow and really interested to sit down and talk about your story. So I'm excited we have you here today. Uh, for those who don't know him, uh, Keith Parrish is the owner of Parrish Digital Video Productions and this wonderful studio, Me. And Keith has been a video production expert, a storyteller. Uh, he is a dedicated entrepreneur and husband and father to three. So I think uh, really a great person to speak to and uh, talk about the, the, the journey of entrepreneurial life. And uh, so, I, I, you know, if I missed anything, let me know. But I think uh, the point is to kind of get to know you and your business and your story. And that was great. And, and I really appreciate being on this podcast. I also appreciate you were one of the early supporters of Studio Me. You always came to our networking events and referred us to people. And uh, because of people like you, you know, we made it through the early years. So thank you very much. Absolutely. It's great. I, I love to see every time I come in here, I feel like you guys have something new and innovative and a, a new tool for creators to use, and uh, I want to get into that, but but take us back to the beginning because you've had a very successful production career. Uh, Parish Digital's done. I've seen some really high quality campaigns for some really well known brands, and so you've already had some success in that era. What started the idea, or why is Studio Me something that's important to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this goes back to 2015, so we're in our seventh year, uh, which is crazy to think about, but. Yeah, so back back in 2015, the landscape was a little different, and sometimes it's hard to remember kind of how things were then. Um, but there was traditional media, which is, you know, large crews, large productions. That was sort of phasing out to these smaller productions, which smaller crews, equipment was just getting more efficient and easier to use. And um, also because of phones, people were doing it themselves a lot. And I just, I saw this shift happening, uh, but things hadn't really caught up to speed yet at that time. And um, I don't know, I've always been somebody who just like likes things to be very efficient and i felt like there's a lot of waste in a lot of these productions you know we'd have clients that would call us and like like hey can you do a an interview um with just one of our like our ceo or something and so we pack all our stuff up into the van drive to location set it all up and then when you deal with like phones ringing people walking in the hallways like all these other issues fixing the light and so it'd be like a you know a four-hour process to get a 10-minute interview um and they would they'd be paying that whole time for that. And I was like, you know, if this, if this was already set up, if there's a place that we could go, like I would pay for that. And I'm sure other people would pay for that too. So in a way it was scratching our, our own itch. 
Um, but it, so that idea was kind of like in the, on the back burner for a while um, while I had my production company. Never really thought too much of it. But um, around this time, Joe, my uh, co-founder and I became really good friends. We, we thought we had like very similar uh, mindsets. And, and um, at that time, like I had just gotten married. We were in our early 30s. Um, Joe, unfortunately, lost his father a, a year prior. And we just wanted to both sort of like build something bigger than ourselves. And, you know, my other production company is called Parish Digital Video. It has my last name Parish in it. So I'm always very tied to that business. It's very like, it's almost like a lifestyle business. Uh, and I, I wanted to try my hand at building something just that was an actual business where like we would just make the thing, it would live and people would use it and we would just kind of like watch it grow. Um, and we both, we both wanted that sort of thing and we, were, we knew we'd be, be good business partners together. So before that, we looked at like all different other businesses. Like we, you know, he was looking at uh, a brewing company for a while and, you know, we looked at storage units, just all different things and nothing really like struck a chord with us. And then one day uh, we were just at the gym and I, I was like, you know, I wonder if I could talk Joe into this idea that I had about, you know, yeah. a, a more efficient studio space. And, you know, I was like, studio spaces haven't really evolved in 30 years and like media is evolving a lot. Like why not? instead of having a large open warehouse space to do productions, like break it up into smaller, more specialized spaces. And uh, at first he's like, I don't, I don't know about that. And then by the end of the gym session, I finally had him like talked into it. And, Warm uh, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we we're like, all right, let's just, let's try this thing. And the other thing is we're like, there was uh, another person that we're like, if we can convince this person that it's a good idea, then like, I think there's some, some likes to this. And so we talked to that person and they were, they love the idea. So we we're like, okay, maybe this has, uh, some, some, something there. Um, yeah. but it, you know, we've, we're still iterating seven years later and trying to figure out like the perfect business model for it. And, uh, I mean, it's going, obviously we survived this long, so it's, it's going just fine, but it's, uh, just something like we're, we're always working on and building towards. Yeah. I mean, you, you not only survived, you thrived through a lot of challenging, uh, times growing the the business and and like you said each of this each of these rooms has a purpose and I think that's something unique that I found about the studio versus sort of a general space and it's all sort of stripped down and figure out how to use it but you've got real design and intent around this which I think is unique um, and I think that's in my mind what's allowed you to scale in a time where other businesses are pulling back, especially you kept the studio going during COVID. I mean, you guys are still here and that's hard to say for a, a site-based business, the, you know, that this brick and mortar, there's a digital aspect to it. So I imagine you could do that, but you know, that may be in one of the uh, challenges, but other, other ones I'm interested to hear along the way. If, if you broke it down to sort of the one or two pivotal things that were really those, those roadblocks, those challenges to get to the next break point, is it, do you have those in your mind? Are they, are you still going through them? What's that uh, like? How much time do we have? <laughs> like the, there's, there's been a lot and uh, the challenges now are a lot more fun. Like the early challenges were just surviving. Like the first, I mean, when we opened this space, we sort of vastly under, uh, under anticipated how much the startup cost would be, how much like the overhead was going to be. So the first year was, was scary because it was just about surviving. And, you know, it's uh, the way I describe it is like imagine going to your your job every day and like working 60 hours a week and like not getting paid for it. But not only that, like you're losing money. Like that was what the first year felt like. And it's that's the only way I can describe it is like eight months of like, are we crazy? Like, what did we do here? Like, what, like, we're just like losing money. Luckily, like that was before I had kids. Joe was pretty level headed and was able to like, walked me off the ledge a few times and, but, uh, 
that, you know, the, the first years were challenging uh, just in survival mode. Like the challenges were all, how do we like, how do we pay our employees? How do we pay the overhead? And um, like little by little, we kind of made our, dug our way out of that hole. And mm-hmm. we, um, I think it was around August of the the first year we were in business uh, we finally like started getting some bigger stuff in and, and uh, we're having more consistent users and okay. somehow ended up breaking even for the year, which was a miracle. Oh, okay. um, but uh, yeah, that, uh, that was a scary time. And those were, those are the challenges we, we used to face and still, I mean, that pain is still there. Like you still, if we have a slower month, it's still like, you know, then you start getting back into that survival mode of like, okay, how do we generate some immediate revenue? Yeah. Uh, but now I get to take so, sort of a longer term approach to things and and try to think you know a couple months or years you know ahead and uh so my challenge now is really just like how do i devote my limited time and resources to like do, do i focus today on customer service do i focus on uh which i mean we have studio managers so they take care of a lot of the day-to-day stuff too yeah. i should i should say it's like the early days we were kind of doing both and now i don't have to worry about the day-to-day as much but i I still like have time that I want to devote to like improving customer service, improving the uh, like sales process, how we get new customers in improving the technology in the room. And so there's all of these buckets to devote your time, energy and resources to um, and money to, but like choosing which route to go. And that's been the biggest challenge is like, where do I put my time into and like, what's, what's the priority? So trying to um, be more strategic about the investments you're making or yeah. the direction I- I- that you're going with the studio versus sort of the day-to-day operations exactly. piece, which you're still pretty involved in the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I people always ask, like, how do you split your time between the two companies? And I kind of just prioritize whichever one needs me the most at the, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the studio kind of runs its day-to-day. And that was like, again, that was kind of our vision was like to build this thing and just sort of like watch it grow. Right. And I feel like now, finally, seven years later, we've kind of gotten to that point. We have a really great studio manager, Peter Regan, and a part-time manager, Maria. And they do an excellent job, and they're better than we are at, you know, dealing with the customers that come through day-to-day. And they actually know more about what's happening than than we do at this point. Um, But we still want to be there to, like, see the next stage. So, like, our vision is, like, our big vision is to, you know, have a studio me kind of in every city. And, uh, yeah, and, and just you know, potentially build out studio spaces inside of other companies. So like we have all these, these bigger uh, plans that we're working towards. Um, but yeah, it's just splitting the time is kind of uh, just as needed. Yeah. I and I want to get into that sort of, sort of like what, what's next and how we're, how you're scaling. Uh, but, but you touched on something interesting. So talk about the team because the team you've assembled really is what's allow you to scale beyond yourself. Because before, like you said, you and your partners are sort of just doing everything. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of what fire is, you know, do I need mm-hmm. to put out today? Uh, when, when you get some specialized team members that really have a talent and you even said they do it better than I do, mm-hmm. they can fill in the gaps, right? Where we have operational strengths and, and blind spots. We, we need people to sort of play off of those. And, and talk to me about, first of all, the, the, the team that you've selected, if there's, there's some things that stand out, but also how did you know what you needed as you built that team? Yeah. So the, that was something like when we started, we Actually, like we knew we would need a, a good studio manager, but we didn't anticipate like how good of a studio 
manager we would need. We're like, yeah, we're going to just make the studio so efficient that it'll just run itself. And like, you know, we'll just have, uh, you know, basically a, a person there that just pushes the buttons and that's it. Right, and like, right. but there's so much more to the role. Like, and Peter luckily is like, has so many talents. Like he's a, he's a great filmmaker. He's really good with customers. He's good. He, like, he gives excellent tours. He's better speak. Like he'd be better to sit here and talk than, than I am. But, um, you know, he's got just talents in so many different areas and that's like what we needed. There's so many times where we had like, like when we first started, we had split the roll up into th uh, three different managers and we realized like that just doesn't work because if somebody's working two days and then they don't work again until okay. the, the next week, it's like they miss so much stuff and like they just don't know what's happening in the studio. And that was like vastly more important than what we realized. And um, also just, you know, having somebody who's great with customers makes them feel at ease. Like all that stuff is is has been very important for us, and so we you know, luckily now have studio managers where I don't worry about the studio. Like I used to, you know, kind of have to like if a customer came in, I'd always be looking over the manager's shoulders and trying mm -hmm. to see like if if everything was okay. And uh, now I just I don't have that, and it's a huge burden like off of my oh, shoulders. That's great. Yeah. That that's great, and 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 that's so important to be able to fully delegate that over to somebody else um do you have a process that you set up for them is it, is it something where they're following what you would do or did they develop that or did it just kind of happen organically apparently if you just find this one uh high school in pittsburgh that breeds these types of managers because i <laughs> where two, is that two, uh it's called eden but it's uh two of our our best studio managers and another freelance guy yeah. that i know uh, they all came from like mm -hmm. that same high school even yeah. though they're only like 25 people in their class okay. which is kind of crazy but that's i'm saying that uh jokingly but yeah all of the uh good managers we had just came from referrals and it just it takes some time to like figure out what you need in that role um, what we thought, what we pictured for that role when we started is, is vastly different. Actually, one of our original studio managers, um, he works now for Parish Digital and yeah. he's like, you know, amazing in that role. Yeah. Uh, the studio manager role like wasn't the right fit for him, but he's, he's excellent in the role that he's in now. So like finding what people's strengths are and, and placing them in places where that, those strengths will like flourish. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it's definitely been a good match with the team that you built uh, for you. Uh, like, you know, it'd be great if the studio could run itself. I mean, you've got AI in here, so yeah. we, we should mention that as well, that it's really cool you've, you've been able to incorporate technology for things like switching and, and managing the, the flow of the production, but there's just some things you can't yeah. you know, have. Uh, they have to have a person that you trust and that is part of the business operation and so it's great that you've got that. And and so thinking about what's gone well, I'm going to flip it for a little bit. And, you know, is, is there's anything that you would do differently and, you know, think about what those might be along the way. Is, 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 is there something, I don't know, that, that as, as you think about the journey that you've taken, uh, if you had it to do again, would, would you do it differently? And if so, what, what would that be? Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's a, it's a hard question because, it's hard to say if I were to do something differently, like what other new challenges would we have faced or sure. like, you know, <laughs> we really thought we knew what we were doing when we started, but we didn't. And so we had like the studio cost way more than we anticipated because we had a, a contractor we consulted with who turned out to not know what he was doing. And he gave us one price and then we just took his word for it. And then uh, already signed the lease and already had things in motion when we found out like 
oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And these other contractors were like, <laughs> yeah. it's actually 10 times, like literally 10 times. 10x what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, really? what, wow. what we thought it would be. Okay. So we ended up spending 10 times more than we anticipated. Um, and so, you know, things like that, it's like if I could go back, that would relieve a lot of stress for me to have known that up front. But then would we have made the decision to even go through with it? Mm. Like maybe not. Right. So, you know, there's things that I would do differently, sure. But where would we end up? I, I don't know. Like maybe we'll be better than what we are now, but maybe other challenges that we can't foresee or don't like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Arrive. And, um, and that's where that could really, you know, perhaps we'd end up in a worse position or the studio wouldn't have made it. So. Right. Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause it's almost like you want to have as a, as a business leader, you want to have all the information right about the costs, the risks, mm-hmm. but sometimes when you don't have those and, and mm-hmm. you go ahead anyway, yeah. you, you make a better decision, right? You, you sort of take those self-imposed limits off and it sounds like in this case, it might've been a blessing in disguise that you didn't know all the things that were entailed yeah. uh, when you did that. And that's actually kind of my mode of operation anyway. Like I have a really hard time learning stuff up front where I have no context. So the only way that I learn is I do it. I find out what I don't know. And then I learn the stuff I don't know. And that's the only way I can operate. And so I don't know that it would work for me to even go, like if I went back in time and talked to myself, like I would have just, not listen to myself because I, I would have been like, I need to try this to like understand what you're even saying. Right. So yeah, that's a tough one for me. I know there are some people that are analytical and they can like learn stuff in advance and then follow the instructions. I, I just can't do it. Like I, if I get an Ikea uh, furniture to build, like I just have to try to build it myself. And then when I like figure out why I did something wrong, I just have to usually unbuild it and then look at the instructions and rebuild it. Yeah. So it's just my mode of operation. Yeah. You commit to what you're doing and then you sort of figure it out as, as you're going. That's, and and that works too. I mean, sometimes having too much information is a bad thing as well. So it's a good balance. And and obviously it's worked out. Uh, you've got a really great studio operation here. Uh, just top of the line in terms of the, the quality, in terms of just the different things that you can offer for creators that want to come in and use the space. And I've seen it used in, in very professional sort of business settings as well as very creative and sort of open types of productions where it, it just really suits a lot of different uh, ideas for for what you can do with entertainment and and video media so and that that probably goes back to your experience but of all the things that you've got when specifically with the studio more so than your digital business everything that's here is there anything that stands out that you're most proud of today well right now i mean i i'm really proud of uh the fact that so the dream from the start was to have a one one button press studio and yeah. so now with the help of ai we've achieved that so uh this this podcast i don't know if you'll do some additional editing to it but typically uh you can just push the start button and the the ai knows who's speaking it'll cut to the right camera angles yeah and uh it looks very human like if you compare it side to side uh you might be able to tell but it, it's it's pretty pretty hard to tell it's probably going to be a better yes. editor than i would right <laughs> i just just leave it let it do yeah. its thing um but but yeah literally you're right i you come in here and we, we should say that you don't have to have a crew in in, in this uh, operation yeah. you might one button press it it's set up to go yeah. and it's a very easy experience yeah yeah and you know it frees up your time uh frees up costs because you don't have to pay us to sit in here and operate we do have every studio has a diy option and we've made it where it's a couple buttons like you can press to sure to make it work but uh, in a podcast situation, like you don't want to be talking and operating it. So like usually you'd still have to bring somebody with you. And right. So now this is a case where it's like you can just push a button, let it go, and it's ready to upload when you're done. And then if you do have that extra time, you can always like add all the bells and whistles you want and sure. 
you know, cut it down into reels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And, and I think it, it suits this, this uh, format so well. But even your other studios and the, the uh, rooms in this place have their own purpose and function. And they're sometimes multi-purpose. I, I've mm-hmm. seen where you can sort of flip the room around and have a different look. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had someone that was on Zoom or, or wanted to Skype or bring somebody in, you've got that capability as well. Yeah. And so it's just so versatile. I, I think it, it's really unlike any space that we have, not just here in the Pittsburgh area, but having traveled around to other places and been on other people's studios and stages, it, it is something that, that is unique. And I think yeah. if you're looking at, at, at uh, what's next mm-hmm. and wanting to, to build others, you certainly have a gap and a need in the marketplace for a specialized type of studio space like this. So is that, is well, that uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was, that was our intention. And, and that's, uh, something that's that's cool like i you know who knows what would happen if joe and i opened up like a storage unit but i I just don't think i would be excited to like run that every day and uh this this space is like a playground for us like we can just go in and try ideas like i said like my i learn best by just i just try it and i I observe and i like learn and then i just iterate and um that's kind of what we did here and uh, you know, these spaces are specialized, but like, like you said, we can kind of like customize it to different looks. And, um, we have a green screen that comes up here. So if you don't like the bookshelf, you can always like replace yeah. it with something else. We can change the lighting in here. We could do, you know, a four person set up here. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we just try to make it, um, versatile so that it just makes sense for people to come here versus like trying to set it up in their home and figure out how to hook all the cameras together and then do all the editing. And yeah. so, um, yeah, we're just, Again, I like efficiency, so I'm all about just it, like how do I make it more efficient? Very efficient for sure. So, so next steps is, is you talked about potentially looking at other locations, other uh, geogra- uh, geographics, uh, and trying to build the next studio. Me is that mm-hmm. is that what's next, or what what is your plan? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, our our whole uh, concept here was like let's try to figure out like a a really good model here. Uh, in this space and then sort of take that in other spaces and hopefully this AI thing will be the 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 next um, leap for us to be able to to kind of take things and you know we could operate a room like this uh, we could open one of these spaces and just let it sort of sit there and people can book it almost like renting an Airbnb mm-hmm. come into the space and not have to have anybody actually physically there like anything we would help with would be remote um, or even just build this out and like you know, corporate company, a lot of times corporations like they want to do podcasting and they want a podcast space, but they're like, we don't have anybody that has time to run it. And like, we don't want to have to rely on a third party to like schedule time with them to come in. And and it's like, if I have an idea, I want to just sit down and talk. So like this would hopefully allow them access to do that. So that's kind of our next step. I mean, this is still very, very new. Um, And, you know, Joe and I have a lot going on in our personal lives. I have three kids and I have my other production company. So we're not in, we're not in like a huge rush to get this going. Um, and we like business always seems to kind of operate where you're like, like sort of falling up an escalator, you know, in a way, <laughs> right, yes, and, yes. but then you hit sort of like this plateau and it's, it's nice to just sort of like stay at that plateau for a minute just to like get your bearings. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to stay there too long, but like, right. you know, just enjoy it until the next cycle of, uh, pain going up the, up the escalator. But so that's right. kind of where we're at now. We're sort of like at that nice peak and we're just letting this ride for a second, figuring out like how people are going to use this, who's using it, and then kind of take it from there. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's been a great story to see. And, and just watching your journey has been inspiring for sure. Uh, I think 
like I said, you've built something that's unlike any other space that I've seen. And it's a lot uh, to be proud of. And I, I think it's a really great testament to your vision for it, even if that vision sort of evolved as it, as it mm -hmm. grew. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that, that you want to share about this, that, that we, as, as we've gone through this, that you were like, ah, I got to come back to that. But I, I think it's great. No, I'm just, it's just really cool. It's a really cool feeling, like despite all the, the hardships, like the, the thing that's cool is this was once just a red pen drawing on a napkin and now like it's an actual thing people use and get value from and uh that's that's what i'm definitely the most proud of that um we were able to just take something like from from your mind and make it into reality which is the same reason why i like filmmaking it's like you yeah. uh you start with nothing you write a script it's just words on paper and then that somehow becomes a thing that people watch and enjoy and get some kind of emotional reaction from and value from it so like Business and, and filmmaking, I feel like, are the same and, uh, yeah, in that a, sense. There's a lot of similarities. It's true. Yeah, yeah it's a great story. Yeah, as you know, because you had a production company. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And and certainly, you know, it didn't grow it the, as, as, as you did with yours, but I think you have a purpose and, and a drive and a passion behind it that, that I think is really what sets apart everything you've done, including the, the studio. So one of the things that, that we're, we do at Reignite is is it's, we're 10x business coach. So we, we try to provide value and, and learning for entrepreneurs and business owners, if you had someone sitting here that had a, you know, they were trying to think about whether it's a creative business or starting a studio or that next thing, what advice would you give a entrepreneur who's thinking about taking that next step? Yeah. Oh man, this is the, so I think the thing that you have to kind of realize is uh, everything happens on a much longer time horizon. Like we're so used to just like instant gratification or like yeah. you get hungry, you eat and then that's solved. It's like, right. but that's not how business or, or a lot of things in life work it's like you a lot of the stuff you do takes a long time to actually see any results from and so i'll give you some advice that like a mentor of mine in high school gave me which is like just keep your head down and keep grinding and i th i think kind of what i took from that is like if you are looking up every day and like okay what where are my results like you're gonna be miserable because like i did that for a while and it's like but if you look back like if if i look back a year or two years ago like wow a lot's changed and a lot's better and but you don't you don't see that day to day like m most of the time day to day you just focus on the problems and uh, you just got to ignore all that ignore like I i'm gonna work and it's gonna give me this result like just just work and just like work towards something that you care about and eventually that'll lead to results and you just have to trust that process yeah yeah and you stay committed to that process it sounds like yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's great and and you have it's a testament to, to what you've built thank you yeah absolutely Great. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate you sharing all this with us. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, this is something that hopefully we'll get to revisit and see where you are next. Um, but we're going to have a lot of opportunity to talk to business leaders in this studio. So thanks, Keith. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yep, thanks. All right. And then uh, maybe in a couple of years, I'll be interviewing you about the success of your 10x business. So. Thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, absolutely. Be yeah. glad to. Cool. All right. All thanks right. for having me. Thanks. Yo, uh, my crew is all fired up. Y'all better just wise up. Everybody getting sized up. Before we all rise up, start running your times up. Cause when my crew ride up, the sky gonna light up. Everybody get fired up. Uh. What?